The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Genesis chapter 39. We started this yesterday, and we started the idea of breaking up this premise of this conflict that Joseph had with Potiphar's wife. And really, the, the premise of it is temptation, how to deal with temptation. And as we look at this idea of living the dream and, and you know, that God place something in front of Joseph's life and say, you're going to be great one day. It's another reminder that just because God had placed his hand upon Joseph and placed a promise does not mean that Joseph was not going to find issues, that Joseph was not going to find himself in battle. And so this is truly another example of the fact that life, even in the middle of God's will and doing right, life sends issues to it. Now, please remember, uh, Peter says and describes Satan. He's like a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Satan's always watching, watching us to find out our weaknesses. What are the things that he can use against us? What are the things he can use for temptation? But please, please don't get the idea that, his temp- that all temptation comes from Satan. The battles and some of the things that come and do, but John told us in 1 John that all, t- that our temptation cometh, um, all temptation cometh, um, we were drawn away by our own lusts and then enticed, and then that lust, when it's conceived, becomes sin, and then sin ultimately brings forth death. So it's really about what goes on. It, things can be put in front of me, temptations can be put there, but the result of what happens is not whether it's there. Just because it's there does not mean I have to respond to it. We always say, uh, you cannot control what anyone, else, what anyone else does or says, but you can control your reaction to it. Well, this, this account in, in the story of Joseph is a perfect example of that because Joseph um, did not come in and say, well, you know, this is where I'm at, no big deal, move on. Joseph understood very clearly the long-term ramifications, as we mentioned last time, the long-term ramifications of what it would mean. Let me give you an example of something, you know, kind of concluding something from yesterday. Um, there's another story that's a, that's, it's got some similarities, but it's almost completely different. That's the man by the name of Samson. Samson, another man who God has placed his hand on, asked him to be a judge, asked him to do a lot of things. And ultimately, because of Samson's desire, his love for women, and really his love for himself, his selfishness and saying, I want to do. We talked about the great responsibility that Joseph recognized. Samson saw himself as his great man. He deserved these things. Ultimately, um, Samson got Delilah, got what he wanted, and ultimately resulted in being the thing that would have him lose his eyes and then ultimately his life. One preacher put it this way, Samson got what he wanted, but he lost what he had. And that's a great principle. We can see the differences between these two stories. Samson, in desire to fill these temptations and desires, ultimately ended his life and what God had called him to do. God still used it, but ended what it could have been for him. Joseph said, it's not worth it. I know this doesn't seem fair. Samson had everything you could want. Joseph was in slavery. It really comes down to a mindset when it comes down to how we're going to deal with the events and the circumstances of life. So let's go ahead and read the verses today that we're going to pick up on. We're going to be in Genesis 39, and we're going to pick up in verse 10. It says, And it came to pass, as she spake to, jo- to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. 
And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand it went in and fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath bought in in Hebrew unto us to mock us. And he came in to me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. So let's go back and look at verse 10. And we start off with the idea that he just got done saying that I cannot do this wickedness and sin against God. God is the one that has put me here. He's put his hand of blessing. It's why I'm in the position I am. And I'm not about to ruin what God has given and, and, and betray my God like that. Verse 10, after time, and this is this, I'm guessing this conversation took place more than once. Potiphar's wife knew exactly, but it didn't make a difference. She wanted what she wanted. And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. So we understand that this temptation was very persistent. And please understand that uh, that is temptation. We say once. We talked yesterday, you've got that first five seconds. Well, unfortunately, you might have to do that multiple times a day. Temptation doesn't just disappear because it happens to be, I said one, no once to it. It's, it's going to be something that's going to be by me. It's gonna, I'm going to follow it. It's going to be with me. I have to work to say no. Now, the more I say no, the easier saying no becomes. The more that I get victory over this, the greater is the victories, the more consistent the victories become, and ultimately I start getting long-term victory over certain things. The more I'm in the Word of God, the more I'm in prayer, I have power infused from the Holy Spirit to deal with these things. So there's, a, there's an importance to understand that persistence is there. It's a reminder that sin's coming. It's very persistent. All of us have something. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, that we're to lay aside every weight and that sin which does easily beset us, that what we call besetting sin, that thing that every one of us know, we just tumble over so easily. And it's a battle for us. Man, it just, be, it just kind of beats us up, per se. And we know that because we can set that aside. We have a choice in this area. So we do see the persistence that came with that. Can I give you a kind of a side note on this? I, I, you know, we don't really have a picture of Potiphar's wife, but I don't imagine her being a very ugly woman. More than likely, she was a very attractive woman. And uh, which you say what you're saying is temptation looks good. Temptation is attractive. Another thing to consider, Joseph was a slave. Joseph was not home. Nobody, out, nobody outside of those whom he was in slavery with knew who he really was, knew Joseph. His family wasn't there. His kinmen wasn't there. And he could have thought, God has forgotten about me. Here's my point. He could have justified in his mind that I can do this and get away with it. Let me, let me throw something. I can't prove this, but I'm going to take a guess that this is not the first slave that Potiphar's wife had tried to seduce. It's more than likely possible, again, my opinion, more than likely possible, that Joseph heard other slaves talk about their escapades, can we say, with her. So and, and they're getting in trouble. He knew, theoretically, probably knew he could get away with it. We can't prove that, but it's a potential. The point is, he could have justified the reason to do this, and yet he didn't. He consistently and over and over and over said, no, no, no. It's not going to, it's going to be more than just one time. Verse 11, and it came to pass without about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. Now, um, I've heard people say, and there's some truth behind this, be very careful when you put yourself in a scenario that you don't put yourself in a compromising situation. Now, I'm not saying that Joseph did this. Joseph was just doing his job. What we see here is not that Joseph had put himself in a compromising situation. We see that Potiphar's wife was always looking for an opportunity to catch him, shall we say. It just happened to be this time that there was no one around to defend and protect him or to see what was really going on. More than likely, I would guess that all of these attempts at Joseph was when they were alone, or at least she thought he was, or whatever. So when we look at this, he goes into the house. Now, let me, let me go back to the principle that people do say. 
when we are alone, temptation is stronger. When we think we can't be seen, temptation is stronger. When we think that we're never going to be caught, it becomes stronger. We justify it. We really think we can get away with it. These are the times that we need to find a way to stay away. An example, you know, if you, you just let your, let your spouse have access to your phone. Um, be careful where you're talking. Be careful where you go with. Communicate with each other. What are you doing? Where are you going? Let someone else be part of your life in a way to where they could know what's going on. That accountability defends us in so many areas. And our purity and our walk with God and the love for our family and the effect this has is so much more important than our pride. And that accountability can really help us in a lot of areas. So he goes back in the house. One of the principles I look at is this. Even in daily life, doing right, you're not even looking for it. The temptation came. It comes in all forms. Satan, he's a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And when he finds it, he will attack, and he will try to devour. Verse 12, And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. A very simple principle. Now she's grabbing him. He's, he's, in, he's struggling. He's like, I'm not doing this. I don't know what went through his mind. I mean, if I throw her off, I'm going to get in trouble for hitting her. He just took off the coat or whatever it was, and he was gone. He was out of there. I'm just, I'm not even doing this. Can I tell you what I believe to be when he gets out? Is it because he's afraid of the woman? No, I think he understood the temptation's great and I'm not even going to let myself close to it. It's a great principle. If we will see temptation as it is, if we will see temptation as dangerous as it is, we're more than likely, we're, we're less likely to fall to it. Uh, I, I, am, I am probably one of the last people you meet to ever be bitten by a snake who's just playing with the snake because I don't play with snakes and I stay away from them and I have a healthy respect for anything alive. To me, the only thing I want to do with a snake is cut its head off. I know animal people think that's horrible to me. I just don't like snakes. Same thing with spiders. Now, I can't say one I'm not knowings there, but when I lived in Georgia, we always you know, we had snakes and we had black widows and brown recluse spiders and tiger spiders, wolf spiders, whatever, things like that. And, and people would go, they'd go up and they grab a, um, a jug or glass or something, they catch these spiders so they can get real close to the black widow. They could see the uh, symbol on, on the body and, and, the black, and the brown recluse had its own symbol and they could look at it. See, some of them, they would they'd tell in the news that sometimes they got bitten by these spiders in an attempt because some of these spiders could jump up to six feet. So when you're getting close, it may jump and bite you. That wasn't probably, I was going to be one of the more least likely to get bitten by it because I wasn't going to get within six feet. If I saw one of these spiders, I went and bought spider, you know, bug spray and sprayed them down. You know, my spray can go six, eight feet too. I'm not doing this. That's me. Now, I, I'm, I'm being silly to an extent. If, you, if we can have the understanding, respect, and fear for temptation and its damage, that we would have, say, snakes and spiders or whatever it is that you might not be a fan of, we are less likely to fall into it. If you're afraid of heights, you're going to stay away from it. If you're afraid of certain things, you're going to stay away from it. If you respect, if you understand temptation and not that it's a temporary enjoyment, but the damage that can come after, if you can do that, you are more likely to be able to gain victory over it. And Joseph said, I'm done. I'm just getting rid of this. I'm out of here. Here, a great simple principle. We've said this. The Bible tells us to flee youthful lusts. Get away. When you're feeling tempted, get away. Get out. Get around people. Find a way to get away from it. It's not always easy. And sometimes you just got to go, get away, turn the phone off, or whatever it is you have to do. Get out, get away, find a way to find encouragement. Don't just sit there and say, I can handle this. And, and by the way, acknowledge you can't handle this. We need the Holy Spirit in these times. Now, when we look at this, when we look at this idea of temptation, what I don't want to do is 
make us feel guilty because there is no temptation taking you but what is common to man. Remember, in that same verse, he says, but God is able, who will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Every time there's temptation, God always offers you an opportunity out. You just have to be looking. In those five seconds, when we talked yesterday about, I could do this, and I've got five seconds. In those five seconds, if you stop and look, there's likely something, some scenario, some person, some situation that's giving you a chance to get out. Take advantage of it. I encourage you. As a great way to stay as pure as we can. Now, you know what happens. Some days we have really bad days, we fail. Here's what I encourage you to do. First John 1, 9, if you confess your sin, he faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Keep a close account with God. Don't wait till the end of the day. Don't wait till tomorrow. Deal with it right away so you can still continue sweet communion with God, filling of the Holy Spirit and direction in your life. I encourage you uh, to keep that, to the things you know, things you remember, to take care of that as soon as possible. Thank you for taking this Wednesday, uh, this time, this Wednesday morning, to join us for a few minutes in God's Word. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great remainder of your week. Again, if you can be here tonight on property at 7, we'd love to see you. If not, we'd love to see you online, uh, at least for you to see us online tonight at 7 as we have a great time of discussion in uh, and, and the Bible study. And we hope you join us and have a great time in Bible study together tonight. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.